Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have a new friend to introduce you to. Her name is Mimika Kuni. She is from South Africa, as you might be able to tell by her beautiful accent, and she lives in North Carolina. Mimika, welcome today to Welcome Heart living a legacy life. You have so much to share for uh, to us about our need to unstick our minds. Uh, Mimika is a personal trainer for our minds, which I think we all need. Mimika, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and your ministry, and then we'll get started. Perfect. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I always love to be able to have these conversations, especially where legacy and faith and encouragement and inspiration all meet. That just gets me very excited. But as you mentioned, I'm from South Africa. I was born and raised. I have been living in the USA since 2006. And um, I'm just excited for what God's doing in us and through us in the season, because definitely the world has shifted. And I think we are a lot more intentional Mm. about where we're going. And I'm very much a a driven uh, person because I come from an entrepreneurial background. Mm. And I'm just really excited to see what God is doing in this new season, especially as we start to talk about things like the mind. And because I take Romans 12 to to the bank, baby. I'm like, we are going to learn how to do this and put one foot in front of the other because um, I think it's, it's time we, no matter our age and stage in life, we need to be able to renew our minds so we can be effective tools for the Lord. So I'm excited. I'm uh, excited too. I'm wondering um, when you talk to someone who perhaps is not of faith and you say that you're a personal trainer for the mind and does your mind need to be unstuck and then you bring in something to do with Romans 12 too, what kind of response do you get? Well, my message can be uh, adopted in all different areas. And the reason why I use the term personal trainer for your mind, because everybody knows what a personal trainer does, right? Yes, right. We're not necessarily talking about just like, even I I sort of um, like to keep away from the term coach because it kind of hasn't got that action base that I like. And what I love about um, mindset training is that we have to train ourselves just like if you were going to the gym. So no matter who you're speaking to, whether they are believers of faith, everybody knows that you need to put some effort into training yourself. And um, there's so much out there when it comes to physical exercise, you know, this diet and then this exercise approach. And then um, we often forget that the mind is needs exercise too. So I really think this is across uh, ages, stages, no matter where you are and the my whole secret source is I cannot imagine doing this without the Lord. And mm-hmm. um, I'm sure we can get into it, but we can't take the Lord out of this because we are based uh, basically spiritual beings who live in a body and who function through a soul, through a soul that needs the work. So there's lots of work for us to do. Mm. It seems like it's going to be a great combination of what we do, like uh, what Paul wrote about, I think in the Philippians 2, 
that we are his workmanship. We have this brain, uh, and but we need to exercise our brains to be renewed on Christ. So this is, you could do a whole sermon on this, I'm sure. Well, you've written 10 books. Uh, this latest book is called Unstick Your Mind, Shift Your Mindset, Develop Grit, and Break Barriers. Um, Amika, if you could tell us a little bit about your background, how did you discover that we needed to unstick our mind? Great question. Well, I am a product of my own experience. Like I am the whole, my story and testimony is about me walking through this whole season. And so for me, my background is my husband and I are both entrepreneurs. We were born and raised in South Africa and we left South Africa to start our company and bring over an office here. And through that process of immigrating country, we actually went to England first. So we immigrated twice in the space, the space of six years, had three kids, Wow. Started several businesses, and uh, I have been always been one of those get up and go, go go go, hustle till you drop kind of person. People very driven, very ambitious, and you know, pretty much I went, go, I kept going until I burnt out. Mm. I was a, I had my own marketing branding agency, and it was you know servicing clients. And after all the years of all the stress and the strains, you know, I was, I was just ignoring the signs that I needed to take time out. Hmm. And the Lord kept saying, you know, you need to slow down. You need to rest. I'm like, who's time for rest? I'm busy. I've got things to do. <laughs> I'm too busy and to slow down. <laughs> I'm just coming. <laughs> exactly. I'm too busy to slow down because I've got other things to do. Hmm. And um, really what happened, it sort of culminated in around about 2015 when I had, I lost my mother-in-law to cancer. Mm -hmm. who was a strong woman of faith and, you know, her and I were close and she brought me, taught a lot of the uh, things about the Lord when, um, you know, we worked through a lot of that. And then I had a business uh, thing launched that didn't go very well. And then I had a child in a mental health crisis and just the trifecta of all of that physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, I was spent. I literally hit the wall where I was, I've never had that experience of feeling grief where you feel sick, like your body aches and you, everything mm. just in you hurts. Mm. Um, and I realized that I had nothing left to give. I couldn't function my brain, like my brain fog. And I was like, what, like, what is going on? I couldn't make sentences. And I'd realized I just needed time out. And so right. I closed my business. I spent a year just in recuperation and self-care and all the things I had ignored for years. Dove into understanding because I'm, I'm a fixer. And if I find a problem, I'm going to dive in to fix it. So through that process, I actually discovered mindset. And so I was like, what is this mindset thing? I've never heard about what it is. Like, I just thought you just think what you think. And right. we're a product of whatever our experiences are. And as I started to look in the research, I came across neuroscience and coaching. And I realized there was a lot more to it. And that the Bible in its originality had already told us this. But we have never been taught how to walk it out. Mm. So Romans 12, 2 says, renew your mind daily. And to me, I'm like, well, what does that mean? How yeah, do you actually mean? put this action, into action, right? Um, yeah, so I really spent the last, uh, I don't know, seven years or so just really diving in and changed my whole business trajectory. I no longer do um, the branding stuff, but I really fell in love with the whole coaching model and personal development. And now I, I, my whole mission uh, is really to help other people get unstuck because I walked through what that felt like being in the wilderness, having no hope, like where, what do I do with myself? Hmm. And realizing that there's a lot of work to be done under the hood, which is, you know, getting rid of the junk in our trunk from our, our past. We <clears throat> might have a lot of things. Trunk. Hold on, yeah. slow down. You're a little fast. <laughs> the junk in our trunk. I think Dan, exactly. the older, the older we are, the find, we find out that we need to be clearing that junk out, not only of our addicts and our 
garages. My kids keep warning me, mom, how is that garage now? Because they've already cleaned it once, right? And they don't want to have to do it after I'm dead. But the junk in our trunk would be um, things that held us back because of the way we were raised. Is that what you're saying? Did you have any of trauma growing up that you had to get rid of? Can I ask that question? Is that too personal? Oh, yes. Oh, no, no, definitely. I mean, I think all of us in, as humans eventually do get wounded in some way. And we all have a story. We all have um, something that's affected us. And, you know, for myself included, I had uh, my parents got divorced when I was uh, 10. And I went through a whole bullying period through school with that, that rejection. So all of us have a story. And I'd realized the stories that I told myself at 10, 12, 13, I kept believing. And that root of rejection showed up as people-pleasing, as perfectionism, as high performance. And I didn't realize that was the trigger that kept me running around in my 30s and early 40s repeating the same behaviors. So I really think, you know, God in his graciousness is very patient with us. And it's only when we raise our hand and say, okay, God, I give up. I'm ready to work on the things I need to work on. For me personally, I was in denial city for way too long until it actually hit me in the face and I had to stop. Wait, 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 wait. You were um, in denial. You were in denial in what? Say that slower. I call it denial city. It's it's fine when you can be in denial and you're like, oh, it's fine. I'll be good. We'll just keep going, keep pushing. Who cares? Like, we'll get there eventually, but eventually you don't get there. And I always like to use the analogy of a car. You know, we can have the junk in the trunk that's slowing us down, but if we still have our foot on the gas pedal on the highway going 100 miles an hour and we're not seeing the signs, the exit sign or the rest stop or the re, you know, retire section, we're going to just keep going until we have a few options of either burning out, breaking down, or coming to a complete stop. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'd realized that I had, I had pushed myself beyond where I could keep going. And I was forced to stop. And through the process of looking under the hood and looking like, why does this car keep behaving this way? Why do I keep driving down the same old roads, taking me to places I don't want to go? Mm. So this is really what I love to always describe is that our mind is the driver. Our mind, it takes us where we want to go. We make the choice and we put in the effort based on how we think. So if we're not really taking the time to think about what we're thinking about, we're going to end up somewhere we don't want to be. So wouldn't um, a person of faith might argue with you and say that our mind is not the driver, the Holy Spirit or Christ in me, the hope of glory is the driver. What would be the difference from what you're saying? Well, the Holy Spirit is meant to be the driver and is, is who we are. Like when we come to Christ, we got to remember that our spirit is made new. So the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. And I always think of the Holy Spirit as like that insider, you know, like the, the secret agent in your mind and your heart who can give you the directions of where you need to go. But we are still physically working out and living out our lives. We are not the Holy Spirit, but he works in and through us. We still have to be physically behind the, the wheel of the car mm. and we still have to drive. So we have to take ownership of that. And I think what's happened in, especially in the Christian circles is we've haven't been taught to actually put the effort in. We think if we just go to church and when we come to Jesus, we give our life, everything's going to be great, but that's not the reality. Yes. Our spirit is renewed, but we have our soul, which is our mind, our will and our emotions that needs work. That mm. is not made new at salvation. And I think this is where we are missing a lot of the training is that, 
God expects us and he, he get, makes us responsible for our own lives. And part of that responsibility is walking it out, which is what faith is, right? right. Walking out our salvation, working through the issues when it comes to forgiveness and letting go and giving God, you know, letting him take the wheel. Mm. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm really um, focused and, you know, have this mission that I feel I want to help educate people and guide them along the path of how to actually walk that out. Like you could be eight or 80 and still have the same issues if we haven't taken the time to acknowledge and deal with it. All right, let's go back in your situation when you were heading towards burnout because you kept doing more things. Let me clarify for the audience. You kept doing more things to get um, self-approval because you felt beaten down by bullying or you felt like you had to prove yourself because you didn't feel worthy in Christ. What exactly were the issues that you had to did you have to forgive yourself, others? What did you have to, what junk did you have to get out so that you could clarify yourself for the road ahead? Yeah, great question. Well, all of the above. And this okay. is the thing is we don't know, a lot of the time we have blind spots and we yes. don't know what I we think don't know. everybody does. And we just keep functioning mm -hmm. through them. Yeah. And so what this process did, it forced me to look in the mirror and to really ask the Lord, like, what is the problem? Because I, repeating the same behaviors, I seem to be going around in circles and I can't seem to get out of this hole. And it really took the time of pressing in and hearing exactly what God designed for me. And all of us are unique and have our unique purpose, but God has designed us for a purpose. And oftentimes we go off on our own tangent, pursuing the world, accolades, fame, fortune, attention, whatever. Everybody has fill in the blank, right? But unless we realize what that motivation or what that driving force is, and if it's not aligned with what God has designed you to be, there's going to be that what I call fragmentation. You're going to feel like you're not who you are because at the end of the day, it comes down to our, our identity, our identity in Christ. That's what God wants us to work out is to realize by partnering with him and becoming who he's designed us to be by getting rid of all the junk, of all the old history, the old tapes that keep playing and working through that process, and obviously the older we are, the more we have to work through because we've lived more years. But the good news is that you can change your life by changing your mind mm. and challenging those what we call limiting beliefs, things that you believe are true that maybe aren't necessarily true. But the good news is God in his graciousness has the patience to work with us and having the Holy Spirit is our greatest teacher because he will show us with great clarity and precision what exactly needs to be worked on. All right. If you were talking to a non-believer or, or they heard your, you speak what you just said, they would say, well, I don't need Christ. All I need to do is change my mind. And when I change my mind, I'll change my life. What holes do you see in that argument? Well, what I would say is, you know, everybody knows the term self-help. I'm like, right. that's great. The fact that you are re ready and willing to work on yourself is a great step in the right direction. It means you have awareness that there is a problem that you need to fix. But here's my question. There are limits to self-help because mm -hmm. it's self. We mm -hmm. only know what we, uh, what we know. We don't know what we don't know. So how about we work through a process with someone who understands the process more. And the person who knows us the best is God because he created us. Now, if they argue with me, I mean, we're not having a who believes what conversation here, but really what I always bring it down to is what are you thinking and, and why are you thinking that? Why do you believe that? Why do you think that you're stuck 
where you're at? Why do you believe you could do this on your own? And sometimes I say to them, okay, well, if you did, how did that work out for you? Because <laughs> yes. oftentimes people will come and find me when they've tried it. They've tried to fix it themselves. They've tried it different methods. They've tried the courses. They've tried the therapy. They've tried the medication. And they're like, something's missing. And I can always come back and say that what's missing is that God peace. Because we are a tribe being. We're a spirit, a soul, and a body. A you know, we can't the, just work on one or the other. Uh, I love that answer. And um, what one thing I was musing about when you were chatting before this question was, how different is what you you teach in your courses and in your, um, coach, I guess it's not coaching, training. Um, how is that different from therapy? Because it sounds like a lot of the junk in the trunk needs to go out through therapy. How is that different? Yeah, well, there is a big difference between coaching and therapy. Now, therapy is based on, um, and you know, depending on what you need, like I always say to people, it's not one or the other. Sometimes it's, it's both. Right. And the therapy model for my, you know, I have uh, good friends who are therapists and their approach to a problem is a little different. And they will sometimes think, uh, what is the problem someone's having and dig into the past of what the problem is to help them verbalize, you know, verbally process. And that's a good process too. But what I always feel um, is missing from the therapy model is that, again, is that God piece by, you know, in, in, in church circles, we know about the inner healing where we know we, it's the release and the forgiveness and we allow the Holy Spirit to show us the issues. Now, coaching for me is a little different in terms of where therapy would kind of help you process the past, especially if you come, if you've got issues of trauma and you need to work out things that are de debilitating. So I would that's where I definitely advise someone seek therapy. But coaching really comes into play is when you feel like when you're stuck, you're like, you know, you're somewhere, but you want to be somewhere else. Hmm. You feel your life is a certain place, but you have bigger aspirations and you have these goals and you can't seem to figure out how to get there. Maybe you're in a fog, maybe you're confused, maybe you've tried things. You keep repeating the same things where habits and patterns show up. That's when training and, and coaching really become effective. So part of my approach is identifying the problems. And I have team members that I work with. I actually, you know, have a psychologist and in a healing uh, person who we work with that if somebody needs to dive deeper, then they can, they can work on that. But primarily my, my whole program and approach is to help pull people forward. So dreaming and visioneering and what's your goal? Like let's break down your goal into actionable steps and come alongside you and support you as you work towards it. And um, that's what gets me excited about what I do. And um, so far it's proven very effective, but yeah, that's a good question, you know, and it's good to know for each individual person what it is you need, mm -hmm. because sometimes you need to go back through therapy or go through counseling or inner healing before you are ready to be able to move on into what, the, what we call the coaching modality. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that when you talk to someone, especially on the first call, you try to figure out whether this person needs to go work on um, Psalm 51 and Psalm 32 and forgiving the people in their past. At the same time, they say, hey, I'm ready to move forward. And you say, well, maybe not quite yet. So uh, it sounds like through your experience, you would know which would be needed for the person, or at least as you work through their situation. I love it that you help people move forward and you're visionary for them. Do you find that people don't, do you ever find people say, well, I don't really have a big dream for my life. I'm just fine the way I am. Do you think they need to be unstuck with that, with that mindset? Well, again, it comes down to personal choice, right? 
True. You have to want it to change. Like mm. if somebody is happy with their life and they don't think that they stuck or they don't feel like they want anything more than great, let's leave them be happy. But I, I know that the biggest results happen for people who perhaps are maybe in a dark season or maybe a, a, a place of transition or maybe a place of frustration where, where they are and where they want to be is different because the big difference is you have that desire to want to change. And like, you know, the whole saying, you can't help someone who doesn't want to be helped. Mm -hmm. So it really is identifying what it is that you need. And if someone feels like they don't have any issues, their life is fine. It's either they're in denial and it's fine. Leave them. They let them be where they are. God mm -hmm. in his graciousness will work through that person and they'll know when it's ready, but you know, this is for you when you are having that sort of sense of there's got to be more mm. that pull to the future where God's speaking to you and keeping you up at night and giving you visions and saying, this is what I, what you should be doing and what I, I see for you. And there has to be that desire because once you have the desire and you're ready to put the effort in and then you have the motivation, that's when, when things happen because you're ready to take action mm. because action changes things. Yeah. It's, um, you mentioned in your bio, um, Amika has taken ice skating lessons at age 31, and now she wins prizes. I think to prove, prove your um, theory that the mind can change, I'm thinking of muscle memory. I am terribly uncoordinated. I was the worst cheerleader in the world, but I was very enthusiastic. My mouth could move, but just not my body. But I've been in this dance class, cardio class, for about five years. And I look around at the newbies, and they're younger and mostly younger in my class. And I think, don't worry, you'll catch up. Now, some have natural rhythm. I do not. So I realize, oh, the only reason I can do these steps is because I'm doing them for five years. And it makes me feel happy. So I don't know why I'm talking about that, except that our minds can also uh, develop muscle memory to change our mind. Let's say, can you give me an example where someone is stuck? Let's say, give me an example of how, how they're stuck and then why they need to be unstuck. Well, it's a very good example. And, you know, when I talk about my story about taking up figure skating, I always say you can, you're never too old to teach an old dog new tricks mm -hmm. because the mind can be trained and it mm -hmm. is, it's through repetition and putting in the effort, which is what inevitably a training program is. So I show up every week, I have a coach and whether I like it or not, whether I feel like it or not, she's there to whip me into shape and say, now we're going to do the thing and you do it again and again and again. And wow. the guarantee is you will fall of course. and you will have to get it back up again but that's what's the worst that could happen is you just do it again right hmm. and so for me the whole concept of muscle memory in the mind again is this teaching a process like what what are those steps because again once you've repeated things uh, long enough and of course if you've had bad habits of speaking to yourself badly or you know doing things in the negative it's going to take the research as she shows three to one effort so you need to put three times more effort of positivity to counteract the negativity that you've worked on, which is why it's effort involved. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, the good news is you can train yourself and it doesn't matter what age you are because if you look at how the brain is designed, and this is amazing how when you see how God is amazing, he does this, is that we have these neural pathways that can be redeveloped. Mm -hmm. But it does, it starts with intentionality and saying, you know, this is what I want to do and showing up every week doing it again and again, um, eventually you turn around and go, oh, this feels easy. This can be done. Mm. I'm sure you feel great now, right? When you think of I when do. you started compared to where oh, you are now. Much better. And I don't fall. So that's kind of a great thing. And plus it's good for me. Um, what does mindset have to do with our faith or fear of becoming who God wants us to be? 
which has a lot to do with legacy, by the way. Well, when you, what do you mean by fear exactly? Like a person would say, I would like to do this. I would like to say something simple. I would like to reach out to my neighbor down the street that I've lived next to for 10 years and I hardly remember her name. I would like to, and let's say a simple thing. I would like to invite her to my house for banana bread or I would like to invite her to church. That is such a huge effort for most Americans, not for South Africans, maybe. I find cross-culturally people are a lot more hospitable <laughs> just by nature, Papua New Guinea, just by nature. But for Americans, they can get all sorts of mindset things that keep them. So that's part of my job and my uh, ministry is to enable, empower men and women to open their homes for the sake of the gospel and to show off who God is to the world by just inviting them for a cup of coffee. And you would not believe the mindset uh, barriers that I have to talk through. So how would you help someone with that kind of a mindset barrier? Right. That's a good question. Well, I would, I would have to say that I don't find Americans inhospitable. I actually find them quite friendly. <laughs> Because when I came, when we moved to this country, I was quite surprised how all the neighbors were like, came around and introduced themselves. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool that people are open. But I do agree we get to a point where we've become so insular yes. because we've lost that sort of, you know, back in the day, like I, uh, my dad is Greek and I grew up in a sort of a Greek family environment. If you've ever seen the movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, that yes. was my childhood. Okay, no jokes. Auntie this and uncle this. There was always somebody in the house and somebody yeah. was getting fed and there was always food. And unfortunately, in, the, in this modern society, we've become so like nuclear focused on just our major, yes. our main, um, our little family units right. that we haven't really extended ourselves. That even now, it's like we don't really know much about what our, our neighbors are doing. And really, if you think about it, if we had to hit the nail on the head, it's like, what are we afraid of? Mm. Are we just so scared of letting people in? And really, I always challenge people when they have any kind of fears what's the worst that could happen? Mm. Really, think about it. What's the worst that could happen? You can go introduce yourself and they say no. And so the sky is not going to fall. It's not the end of the world. Really what that is is fear of rejection or fear mm -hmm. of failure maybe. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's when we got to say, well, if we just keep doing it, we just get up and we do it again and again mm -hmm. and again. And sometimes you need to be persistent. Maybe your your neighbor is feels so isolated and maybe they have their own story about people rejecting them that sure. your, your uh, offer of kindness breaks through. So I always say to people, you know, think about the worst case scenario, not that we, we're focusing on the negative, but really, is it about them or is it about me? And and a lot of people have, have asked me this in terms of, say, putting themselves out there. Like and I've worked a lot with entrepreneurs and authors and speakers, and a lot of them feel scared about, say, promotion, putting themselves out there, sharing mm. what it is they have to do. And it's almost like this false sense of humility, like, oh, I can't, I can't tell them that. What if they don't like it? What if they, they get offended by my offer? And like, well, what if you, by you not offering, no one is benefiting. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's not about me. And somebody once said this to me, like when I was getting really shy about putting my story out there, because I've written 10 books and the first four were more about marketing, but the last six have really been focused on on faith and sharing my story. And I tell you, I was scared to put my story out there because it's mm. very raw and very real. And I remember somebody challenging me and saying, you don't seem to understand that your story is a testimony of grace and how God's worked through you. Mm. 
by you not sharing your story and you not reaching out to others, you actually are doing a disservice to them. Mm -hmm. And here's the kicker. By you not sharing and putting yourself out there, you're actually being selfish because this person could be praying for a solution to their problem, asking and pleading God for it, and you are it. Right. You're the solution. So by you holding back and not putting it out there, not reaching out, not knocking on their door, not sharing about your book or, your, or whatever you're doing, you're actually doing a disservice to everyone involved. And to me, sometimes I see that as a, an act of disobedience because mm -hmm. if God's asked you to go and do something and you don't, inevitably there's, there's, a, there's a response to that and there's a result. And so for me, I would rather be like, okay, God, I'd rather look like a fool. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't care if they say yes and they reject me. I want to make sure I've done what God's asked me to do. Even if it means, like I say, I, my kids know, I've always said, by the time I get to heaven, I'm going to get there with the, my face all messed up and I'm going to be like, I did it. Bruises and bumps and whatever. I don't care. I am going to pursue this until I, you know, get that prize and press through because you just never know. You are the answer to someone's praise. Hmm. Uh, that is so beautiful. And that's all about mindset. And as you know, my podcast is about legacy, living a legacy life. What would you say is your greatest legacy that you want to make sure that you have left or are leaving to those who know and love you? Well, I love the concept of legacy because it really means things are bigger than ourselves. You know, we are given a very finite time on this earth. And to me, right. I've always, I've just, just born with an inbuilt sense of time is running out, got to do, got to do, got to do, which is why I talk at a hundred miles an hour. I work at a hundred miles an hour because I feel like there's so much work to be done and there isn't a lot of time, right. but I do believe in creating tools and and products and and things that could outlast me. So for me, you know, being a writer, I know the books will outlast me. I do courses, and also for me, training others. I really believe strongly in the in the form of discipleship. That if even though I've learned things in life, I need to pass those um, pass on those legacy and those those moments of insights and however I decide to package it to those around me, to my children, and not just my own children. The spiritual children out there who can benefit, because I don't know about you, I've still watch and read books and see things of people who've long passed into into heaven, but they're you know no longer alive. But they what they created, their ministry, their books, their tools, is still helping people today. And to me, I'm like, if God sent me on earth for, on a mission, I'm here to plant seeds because I want those trees to grow even long after I'm gone. What would you say to encourage the person who's listening today and says, well, I'm not supposed to write a book, but how could I leave a legacy of mentorship and discipleship? Well, not everybody has to write a book, but you certainly can create legacy through people. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, through generation <clears throat> after generation, how do we pass on you know, culture, language, experience, stories, is through other people. So I always think, you know, if you are feeling stuck and nothing's happening in your life, the best thing you can do is take your eyes off yourself and help someone else. Mm -hmm. Reach out. You you have got valuable lessons and experiences and insights and wisdom that someone else needs to hear. And sometimes it is over a cup of coffee. Sometimes it is writing a book. Sometimes it's making a video. Sometimes it's creating a, a nonprofit. Who knows? God will ask you and meet you where you're at. It really just comes down to, are you listening for the invitation and are you saying yes? Right. And I just call it surrender every day. Lord, what is it that you want me to do today? Who will I meet? Who, I mean, the other day, my husband and I had a little date and we went on a hike, which was more like a walk, which is my kind of hike. 
And we ended up at a little cafe and we ordered our little drinks and we're sitting there enjoying the weather and watching other people hike. And this woman right behind us started talking about the yellow jackets that were all around our table. And she was by herself. And then I said, well, do you come here often? She goes, I come here as often as I can. I said, where do you live? She lives 30 minutes away and she comes all the way just to sit at that cafe by herself drinking her wine. And I ended up the whole time of our date talking to her. My husband didn't mind. He was an introvert. And he is an introvert. And uh, we had the, we had a great time. I got her number. She's going to listen to my podcast because she needed encouragement. She was a Christian. In, she was a suffering Christian. And that's why I was there. But I had prayed that prayer in the morning. And I hope to pray it every morning. And I hope every Christian does. That our days and our time do not belong to ourselves. And our talents don't belong to ourselves. We're here for God's purpose. That's why we never have to be bored. And we never have to wonder are we worthy? It's because Christ has given us these gifts to use. I'm sorry, now I'm sermon sermonizing. Let me ask you the last question, uh, though I could probably answer it for you, but I'd like to hear your answer. What? How does your life embody God's welcoming heart? That's a great question. So I would always love to think about, look back at my life, how I'm embodying God's love is to really every day walk out his will. Because mm. I always say, you know, back in the day when I was on my own mission, I was like, okay, God, it's fine. I'm doing my thing. Yeah, I'll come and check on you now and again. And he's like, okay, I'm going to sit and wait until you're ready. But it's only when I handed over and said, okay, God, what is it that we're going to do together in terms of partnership, partnering with God? And now and I finally understand what it means about that childlike faith. Before I was a control freak and I always wanted things to go according to my plan. But now it's so much more fun when I wake up in the morning and say, okay, God, what are we doing today? Who are we speaking to? And you can find more joy in that. And I think if we just have that. <laughs> we just seek joy. Because I always say to people, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is depending on happenings, which is often out of our control. Mm -hmm. Circumstances around us, the weather, the people. But joy is a choice. We get to choose how to see things. Even if mm. the, it's raining and things don't go our way, we can still find the joy. So I always say, seek joy and partner with God. And I tell you, it makes life so much more fun. Mm. Mika, this has been, has been a joy and a delight. Can you tell us a little bit about the free resource that I'm going to post on show notes that everybody listening today can take advantage of? Definitely. Well, I'd love to connect with you and invite you to into the resources that I have. And the one that I, I share a lot is uh, eight tips to supercharge your mindset. So if you're wondering about what mindset is, what are some easy ways to get started, go to mamikakuni.com forward slash supercharge, and you can get access to that. And that's best place to find me is my website, mamikakuni.com. And I have a bunch of resources and my books that we mentioned earlier and a YouTube channel. So I'd be delighted to connect with your audience. Thank you so much. You've been a delight. Have a great day. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.